At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 268. My name's Turner Sparks. I am Michael Kaplan. How you doing? You can find me at turnersparks.com, at turnersparks on Instagram. New York City for the next few months, writing my next hour of comedy. Then I'll be back. I'm going in and out a little bit over the summer. July 30th, I'll be in Philly. Everybody come out to that show. You can find Kaplan at Kaplan America on all social media platforms. If you would have been in L.A. last week, you could have found him at Disneyland, but he's not there anymore. Found me at Disneyland or walk in the streets. I had to, I had to say hi to all of our fans in L.A. So, so oh, you just fans. you walk the streets of Los Angeles. I walk, I walk everywhere. People are like, you could take a car. And I'm like, what? Take a car. I walk. Yeah, so I, I walk the streets. I saw homeless guys literally hug people in Los Angeles. They, they're much friendlier there. <laughs> they they, well, they hug they hug women who are attractive, but they just go up to you and see, hug you. We have the opposite attitude towards the homeless here. And I mean, the homeless have an opposite attitude in New York. I was last night, first night back in New York City, and I was in the on the West Village doing shows, walking down the street, and this homeless guy was just walking through a crowd of people, you know, outside the comedy cellar and that area where there's just hundreds of people on the streets. Yes. And he's going up to every hot woman and he, every every hot white girl. And he goes, what you looking at, you Amber Heard looking bitch? So the homeless guy's following the Johnny Depp trial. Yeah, he <laughs> is. My favorite thing ever. And he's calling every You're an Amber Heard looking bitch. You're an Amber Heard looking bitch. You're an Amber. Any mildly attractive white woman he's just screaming at. So that's a compliment to Amber Heard that she's just like, she's the new standard for hot white women. Even there. the homeless. Yeah, somehow get cable no, television. In LA, they just hug you. And then the women don't want to seem rude because they're all very liberal, obviously. So they don't want to. They don't want to. Sure. So they they don't want to say, ooh, gross. They, don't, they make a face, but they make it to, the, to themselves. You know, they hold it in and then when they they release and they walk away. And that's, yes. that's Santa Monica right now. So that's different. Well, that different sounds better. I mean, if you're a hot white girl, go to L.A. Don't come to New York because <laughs> exactly. seems to be treated Amber, better Amber, by the Amber homeless. Her looking bitch. Go to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> On the podcast today, we got Misha, Misha Kalen back, everybody. Um, in Kiev, still in Kiev, in Ukraine, at the 18th. The last time we checked, he was on the 18th floor of his apartment, looking down on his city, 
on yeah. Zelensky's city, but really Misha's city. Misha's city. And Let's he's honest. still there, folks. As, as they say on Twitter, good morning. Kiev is still in the hand. I mean, uh, what R- Ukraine is still in the hands of the Ukrainian people. Ukraine is still in the hands of Misha Kalin. He still runs the city, runs the country. So he will be with <laughs> us in city? just a second. This side of town. Patreon.com slash lost in America. Uh, that's where you go to join our Patreon crew, our group, our army, our pod army. Patreon.com slash lost America. $5 a month gets you extra episodes of Cap and I. Well, listen, I'll go into detail about the uh, the Amber Heard looking. <laughs> we'll, go, uh, we'll go more deep into the homeless population. On this is show. where I, I'm going to be writing my next hour of comedy over the next few months in New York City. But if you can't come to New York City for $5 a month, you can hear the, the genesis of it all. It all the comes outtakes. from our Patreon yeah, show. The process. So the, that's the process. You and I don't there. perform anywhere. So if you want to hear me, you gotta, you gotta it's Kaplan's doing his hour that's every my, night. That's why I do my hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go so, there for $10 a month. You get a, a number one in Armenia t-shirt. We went to number one in Armenia. Of course, everybody already knows that. Old news. And for $20 here. a month, you get your own ad on this show once a month. We just had the great Dennis Owens leave us an ad. A week or two ago and that could be you 20 bucks a month that's it don't tell our sponsors they pay a lot more but for you it's only 20 bucks now let's get right to it misha's and keith um everybody knows what's happening over there kaplan you've said it's not in the news anymore you said you had a big uh, a disagreement off air about this yeah you (laughs) saw an ashton kutcher tweet (laughs) saying that no one talks about ukraine anymore we gotta start talking about it again and you said to me that's so true no one talks about i says I don't know who you hang out with, but I, it's still in the smart. news I read. It's still in the mouths of the people I see. But your your glib group in um, your Manhattanites, you've moved on. All of my people, they're just all very angry about Elon Musk buying Twitter. And nobody seems to remember there's a war going on. That's that is my, true. A lot of the liberals have more angry on. about that. So that is moved, true. You're right you know, on that point. I, I didn't I, think about that. Yeah. Most of liberal the America Smith thing. There was a lot of things that have happened that have knocked, in my opinion, I know, understand it's in the news, but it's not on the front page news. I feel like. Well, here's is. here's where where we're at. Um, uh, Secretary Blinken was there. Secretary of State, um, Tony Blinken, as I call him. Yeah, and, uh, he a goes Jew. by. He what'd you say? He's a Jew. I have to take credit. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> How about that? That's why he sent him over to talk to Zelensky. <laughs> oh, that's okay. a good. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so anyway, he was there. Uh, a couple days ago, it looks like the Amer- United States is ramping up our commitment to Ukraine. And uh, let's get Misha in right now. Misha's there on the ground. How, how's it going for you, Misha? Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Uh, yeah, I'm still in Kiev. Uh, the war is definitely still news for me. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the things uh, in the city are uh, slowly getting back to normal. We still... Uh, have blog posts uh, on on the road. We still have curfew. We still have uh, air uh, sirens and everything. So that's still happening, but the stores are working more or less uh, as usual than cafes. And uh, basically life is slowly getting back to normal. The weather is getting better. uh, So yeah, you can tell more and more people are coming back to Kiev. That's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, before, like uh, about two weeks ago, it was still empty. Now uh, you still, uh, you know, you have uh, traffic jams, uh, people walking around in the streets, riding bicycles and everything. So, yeah, the city seems to be 
going on as usual. People who had left the country had come back or people? Yeah, a lot of people are coming back. Yep. That's good to hear. When did, um, so I know a few weeks ago, I'm trying to think exactly when it was, but Putin said, uh, put, you know, the, the whole goal early on, the first month or so was to, for Russia was to take Kiev and kind of like take over the country. I assume kill Zelensky, kill all the top leaders, assume power, and then all of a sudden you're all now living in Russia. That was the initial goal. And then somewhere along the way, that didn't, that didn't come to fruition. And then Putin said, oh, no, no, our goal the whole time was just to take the Donbass region. And now we're focused on that. And, and called off the dogs in Kiev, apparently, right? Yeah, so, and, and, every, and the, the Russian military, which could never fully penetrate Kiev, they were just kind of on the outskirts. They had taken um, some of the smaller, the towns, which now we've seen have been like huge, uh, I guess, atrocities there. People, a ton of people were killed. But when, how long ago was it when they pulled off? And then how long did it take after that for people like you and, and people around the city to actually trust that they were not going to be coming in and for the city to kind of get back going again? Uh, those are g great questions. Uh, yeah, you're totally right. So basically the picture is like this. Uh, the, their first attempt was to take the city uh, very suddenly, right? That's That was the Blitzkrieg, uh, right? So uh, they essentially, they actually had people uh, or like groups uh, trying, uh, they called them the, the diversion groups, right? So basically just uh, one or two vehicles or uh uh, just like uh, a group of uh, soldiers parachuting in uh, certain spots. So those groups got uh, into the city and were quickly eliminated. And then the rest of them, most of them were, you know, uh, uh, you know, they ba were based in the outskirts. That's where all the atrocities happened and everything, right? Uh, so yeah, the, uh, basically they had to get out of there because they were spread too thin. They, they were uh, attacking in uh, Kiev and in uh, Donbass and in other directions uh, and when they saw that there were uh, you know the casualties were, were very heavy and uh, they weren't accomplishing any of their goals so they had to uh, change the strategy but uh, and see it's funny because you say like Putin said uh, as if he's the guy who's making decisions uh, the, this is the ironic part uh, we don't know who is making uh, decisions on uh, the Russian side because on the Ukrainian side uh, they have Zaluzhny which is the guy uh, who you know along with the president is making all the military strategic decisions and uh, basically uh, you can you have guys in Ukraine that you can uh, point the finger and say like these are the decision makers right these are like generals maybe yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but uh, it's very, very foggy, right? And very, so you can't tell what's going on on the Russian side. Uh, because as you saw Shoigu, which is the, whatever the, I don't know what, yeah, let's say he's the Russian general, the, the, the top guy, but his background is not uh, military at all. Uh, I think he was in the military and uh, I think he like herded the, a deer or something or, or like reindeer or something. And I'm not he was like kidding. a shepherd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's from, um, he's from like way in Siberia, like all the, those places. And um, yeah, so he, he has like a very weird role uh, in the military. So he definitely is not capable of making any kind of strategic decisions.
Well, haven't a lot of their generals died? Yeah, and uh, th- that's another thing that we've kind of touched on when we talk uh, when we talked last time. But uh, since then, and exactly like generals are dying, and their uh, officers uh, are, are dying. So basically, the uh, so it's all the way down yeah. to a deer herder. it's the line of succession in russian military (laughs) this is why that's so great it's like top general kgb guy deer herder this is like what if it gets all the way down to us if like america goes to war and they're like well kaplan and turner you got to tell us what to do it's like listen uh, this is just uh scraping the surface if you look into that uh, the uh, Shoigu's biography like he comes from Tiva which is like deep in Siberia where they have like shamans and voodoo and all that bullshit and that's why they say like Putin uh, take baths uh, in uh, reindeer blood or moose whatever blood right it all comes from there because he has uh, you oh, know. this is shaman, basically. This is his shaman. This is Silicon Valley. This is how I remember. And Kaplan, can you turn up just like a slight bit? I, uh, but this, I remember this is how South Korea, now these uh, years of doing this podcast is starting to pay off because I remember this is how South Korea fell. A, a couple years ago, the, the president of South Korea got impeached. It was a, as a female president because they found out she was taking all of her direction and all of her orders on how to run the country. She was taking it from her, um, her fortune teller. Yeah. And when, and then she, she was like, yeah, of course I am. Who else did I listen to? And they're like, Oh, you're out of here. <laughs> and this, so, so Putin's taking his direction from a shaman in the, in the mountains of Siberia. Exactly. I, that, uh, that's surprising. I, I thought Putin was at least not a shaman guy. Shoy goose. I didn't. I didn't peg him for a shaman. I, I thought he would listen like a, to nobody but himself. Yeah, but, he's like an no, LA no, executive no. or a Silicon Valley executive now who makes big no, decisions no, about no, the company. No. Based on- no, how can that be the case? I mean, think about it. The LA executive. Where the fuck do they? Do those people come from? Like Ivy League or whatever. Or maybe they're self-made. We're talking about Putin. You know, the five-five uh, hey. KGB educated, deep sort of uh, Soviet. Uh, uh, we're talking like seventies, right? Uh, he's five-five. Yeah, yeah, he's very I love short. that. I'm taller than him. Oh, I didn't know that. Wait, he's that. five foot five? This, this makes the whole sense. thing. He's got short men's probably that he's overcompensating. Yeah. From the pictures of them shirtless. It all comes, it all makes sense now. Exactly. And the, the, that's the thing. Like, uh, remember those pictures of him shirtless? He doesn't even look good, but somehow people were like, oh man, he's so sexy. And I thought, yeah. how the fuck is he sexy? Like, I look way better. And it's not even a thing. <laughs> you know, like, you look way better. It's and you're, so, you're, you're like, what? Uh, you're almost six feet right around that. You're taller than five, five, yeah, oh, five, ten. You know, let's yeah. release some merch. Our next line of merch is Misha riding a horse shirtless. Just on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called, Maybe and it, it says, come and get it. <laughs> come and get it. Come and get it. Putin. <laughs> I guess we just changed, you know, I guess in 10 years, the, the body goal just kind of changed. Uh, 10 years ago, Putin was a goal, right? And now uh, well, yeah, anybody- it was like t- 15 years ago, you could like smoke cigarettes at halftime and play in the NBA. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now you got to. So, w- so when they uh, left, so Putin pulled back. Do people did people then immediately be like because I we talked to oh. Anton Timoshenko a few weeks ago and he was we talked to him right when Putin left and he he didn't trust it at all. He's like, ah, oh, that's he'll be back here in a week. But it's now been a yeah. few weeks. 
And it- well, listen, uh, when we say uh, come back, uh, what do we mean? The troops will never penetrate, you know, uh, because uh, they don't have enough troops. Uh, are they going to still keep hitting us with uh, rockets and all that stuff? Of course. Uh, and that threat is never going away. So we have to be, in a sense, vigilant, you know, um, that's all I can say. So how, how, did, I mean, how did you guys win uh, the battle in Kiev? Kiev? Well, uh, first of all, because the way they acted was really, really stupid, you know, Uh, because uh, the initial plan was to start off with artillery, hit the cities and then uh, get the descent. What do you call it? The parachute guys. Uh, yeah, par- par- paratroopers. Paratroopers or whatever. And then uh, throw, like, put the paratroopers and everything, right? But uh, Putin was so in a hurry, he thought that we don't need to, you know, let's speed it all up, you know, let's just put the, the paratroopers. He thought that uh, he spent so much money on propaganda within uh, Ukraine. He thought uh, he thought he had a lot of people on his side and that he he's going to go in and people are either going to be like, oh, it's Putin, we're so uh, scared of him, and they're just going to give up or they're going to be actually happy and go like, oh, we've been uh, waiting for you. Uh, but neither of those things happened, uh, happened, right? And so they just uh, eliminated those. Uh, and those were the elite forces. And uh, uh, that's why like some of them were the best. In like in Gastomil, they lasted for eight hours, which was, you know, pretty good. Uh, the rest of the Russian troops don't last that long. They so. were the elite Russian forces, the ones who just got slaughtered in Kiev? Well, yeah, uh, in, in in certain parts. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What, yeah, I guess it's paratroop. Dude, I should have uh, definitely researched all those terms in English. because. Uh, oh, no, no. It's very... okay. I understand what you're talking about. The, the non-elite. Guys... Yeah. The non-elite guys would be dead in four hours. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, or, no, 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 no. The non-elite, they don't even land. They don't even touch the ground. Oh, okay. <laughs> they don't know how to open. The non-elite guys don't know how to open the parachute <laughs> up. So they just crash. They're like kamikaze guys. Actually, that'd be more effective probably. Kill the but you're laughing, but that's what happened. You know, some of the uh, parachute, uh, like I saw the, I think it was the first day or the second day of the war and they had like six or seven of them. Uh, in my mind, I see like it's outside of my building, but it's I think- Falling out of the sky. Program, <laughs> yeah, that, that looked identical, you know? And uh, yeah, I don't think they even hit the ground. Uh, they, just, they, <laughs> Wait, they, they didn't oh hit the God. ground alive. Yeah, maybe they crashed on the ground. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were just shot. Oh, they were shot everybody out. In, oh, snipers. Within, uh, yeah, another thing, uh, you know, h- how did we win? Uh, within uh, the first two days, everybody who wanted the gun in the city had a gun, you know? Yeah. So yeah. anybody can, like, put their head out their window and shoot down a parachuter. You see a guy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the first, they actually had them some kind of like uh, armored vehicle. And uh, there was a joke going around that uh, some gypsy stole it or something like that. Like, that's what was going on. Like people were just taking uh, military vehicles away from Russian soldiers. Oh, the they gypsies were stolen from the Russian. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Those gypsies will Listen, steal they anything. Would, they would yeah, stop. they're useful. You know, we speak the same language. They would stop in the middle. Sometimes they would run out of gas and start asking for directions. I swear to God, that's Wait, what the Russians uh, would run out of gas. You know, <laughs> happening. Yeah, yeah. In the first days, of <laughs> ask for directions. <laughs> they didn't fill up the tank before they invaded. <laughs> it's kind of you got to check the tank and be like, they're like, oh, they're not. Joke, 
these yeah. are all facts. Like that's exactly, you know, some of them didn't want to go in because they were afraid and they were just making circles just to run out of gas. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Like in the first days of war, all of these things were happening. And yeah. that's why, like, that's a big part of uh, why uh, Ukraine is doing so well is uh, because uh, Russian military has been a, a victim of corruption, uh, systemic corruption over the years. So it was basically decapitated, you know, uh, and uh, well, thank God, you know, I, I mean, that saved uh, thousands and, you know, thousands of lives. I remember you telling us um, a few a few podcasts ago that they thought when the a lot of the Russian military, first of all, they're young. Well, a lot of militaries are young, but they're young. And then they genuinely thought they were, people would be happy to see them and they were coming to liberate everyone. So they almost, a lot of them weren't even prepared to fight because they thought, oh, yeah. we're just going, everyone's going to be so happy when we get there. And then when people are shooting them and pissed off, they're like, whoa, what's going on? And then they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about- they brought parade clothing with them and everything, parade uniforms with them. Oh, really? Like they thought they would be having people going to a party a parade. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's another thing. They had riot police with them. Like one of the uh, whatever the po- uh, battalion or whatever, you know, a group of soldiers. What do you call that shit? Yeah. Battalion. <laughs> they're like, they're, they're like, the, they're there to keep the crowds down, but they're not like fighters. Yeah. They're like, yeah. And, and those. And- yeah yeah so so they had all the uh, you know shields and batons and everything and uh, those guys were just uh, demolished like this you know because they they weren't ready for it you know and they were just met with the tanks and it almost feels like russia was banking on um zelensky just fleeing you know like leaving the country day one like the guy did in uh in in kabul in afghanistan the president of Afghanistan just left within like an yeah. hour. And then the right. whole thing fell and out within two hours. And they kind of, it's like, they just thought Zelensky would do the same thing. And the minute he did it, it's like, uh Oh, what do we do now? Yeah. It's just, uh, getting away with it. Uh, Putin, that's always been his thing. He was the lucky one. You know, he, he goes in and then just somehow, uh, it just happens. So he had his, uh, this kind of air about him that, uh, he had, you know, he maybe knew something that nobody else, did uh, listen this is a classic tale man I, i've seen we've seen it in stand-up you know <laughs> what's, what's the putin analogy in a stand-up <laughs> uh, you, you know like a dane cook you know what i mean like uh you're watching for years you're like, oh, oh, you know like what's so special about this guy and there's then no there, there. Later, <laughs> huh? you're there's saying no there's there. no there there as we would say there's no thing there's no when you get to the center there's nothing on the inside Exactly. And then in retrospect, you're like, oh, okay. see, I knew that. I don't know why everybody else was laughing. And I was the one who was always right. And now everybody understands this. Right. And and the same thing. Right. I have so many friends idolize him. Dane Cook seems like a good guy overall. Just see, just not a not a just a a cheesy comedian. But I wouldn't say he's Putin. Right, well, right, right. There's <laughs> levels. This comparison, I mean, it's a flawed comparison, but I like it, it, it's just to say, just like. But he did have his shirt off. The same amount of times they had their he shirt off. He likes to take his shirt off. He likes to overcompensate. <laughs> He's taller than 5'5", five, five, though. So. Dude, now that I'm thinking, there are a, a lot more uh, similarities than. Um, Does Putin than steal jokes? No. <laughs> I'm sure Putin steals jokes. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. What about. Uh, 
so there was. Oh, no, no, no. I have a joke. I have a joke for you. Uh, it's a political joke that's going on right now. This joke is huge in Russia right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so they go. Uh, so it, just a, a random dude is walking down the street in Moscow and he wants to buy dollars. So he goes to the bank and he goes, hey, you guys have any dollars? And they go, no, we don't. Go, oh, man, the U.S. is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's a good one, yeah. That's good. Uh, what about, so, so then it's things are getting back to normal. Like, are schools open or what? Or, you know, what do, how, how normal? Yeah. Uh, schools, I'm not sure actually, uh, but but I know for a fact Kaplan that Kaplan wouldn't like uh, it. Kaplan no. wants the schools open. Schools open, or it's not normal. So he can send his kids to school. Get him out of the house, dude. dude my sure son better. called me. My son called me, and he was like, "Hey, uh, I want to come back to Kiev because uh, it's boring in Poland and everything." But I think he just heard that everybody graduates uh, by default in Kiev. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's like years All over. The, it's, it's already he made yeah. it to March. Just you ever have those teachers who just gave up? They're like, fine, everyone gets a B. I'm taking the last month of school off. Everybody gets a B. He's not doing remote yeah. learning in Poland. They don't have to set up a whole thing with <laughs> Well, basically, yeah, it's it's all going to be some kind of hybrid uh, version of learning right now where everybody uh, graduates. Yeah. So is the plan for your family? Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. We'll stick to that one. So what? Uh, but but so like shops are open or businesses back open. I know Anton told us people have been working remotely kind of through the whole thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, rent is uh, way down, and in fact, I'm living in a place now. Nobody's asking me for rent, uh, so people are kind of lenient uh, in terms of uh, filing taxes and everything. Uh, basically, the rule is: if you can't do it, if you can't, just don't worry about it. Um, so, oh, wait, is your you have a tax day like April fifteenth or something? Like it's like a, you mean yeah, like a, yeah, oh, yeah. but like my, my my account is frozen and everything. I can't even do anything. But plus, I've already donated way more than I, I would ever paying taxes or anyway you know, your account I mean, is still frozen get... because you're because mm-hmm. you're from your belarusians accounts are still frozen if, is that let me just you're... say this if gary sparks my dad or the cpa to the pod was on the call right now he would yeah. strongly advise misha to say no comment to his accounts being frozen regarding it no regarding his taxes oh, if, okay. he's gonna, <laughs> if he's gonna pay him or not <laughs> no yeah, no I'm going to pay him. No, actually, my Ukrainian account is frozen. Right. So right. That's, that's the crazy thing. And, and that's I'm working because you're from Belarus. You were, yeah, like, you were also banned from Wimbledon. I'm sorry to tell you this. I know if you're thinking of playing the tennis tournament, they banned all Russians and Belarusians. So and Belarusians. Yes, they banned them both. So you're banned. So, yeah, I mean, we're, I know you're going to play. Uh, our <laughs> reputation is slowly recovering. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're helping if, with that. So it seemed like the first big win, at least that we found out about um, from the Ukrainian side, because Ukraine's been playing defense this entire time, right? And then a couple weeks ago, that ship sunk somewhere out in the ocean, a Russian ship sunk. And Putin was like classic bully move where he's like, oh, you sunk my ship. And when I say Putin, I just mean Russia in general. Uh, but it's like a classic bully move like, oh, you attacked us. Well, now we're really coming after you. And you sunk our ship. Like, get ready now because you don't want it. But it's like you've already been attacking us for, for a month and a half. Like, what are we supposed to do? Did well, that 
how did how was that did you hear about that in the news about the sunken ship how did they present that to people how did the the ukrainian media present that to all of yeah. you all right well the, this is the, the way i uh, saw this story is that uh, yeah the ship was sunk and the version uh, first of all ukraine doesn't claim any of these actions right so oh, okay they don't comment right they say oh, okay maybe it happened maybe we did it maybe russia did it which is a smart uh, move because they don't want retaliation right uh, but essentially uh, you know the global version the international version is that yeah ukrainian uh, it was like a, a special operation where they distracted the radars and then hit it uh, with uh, two missiles called neptune or something and uh, probably distracted it with uh, a drone or something like that now uh does russia admit that that's what happened no uh what did they say somebody smoked uh in the wrong place or something like that so they deny it was um something that was uh, that was done from the outside they uh, think it was an internal error and, and after that happened the only thing that putin said he actually said do not bomb the part of Mariupol. Have you heard about that? The Azovstal, which is a huge, huge industrial place. Uh, in Russia or in, in um, Ukraine? In Ukraine. Oh, Mariupol. Mariupol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the cities that were, yeah, the yeah, attacks yeah. are going on. Right. And so what's happening there, I mean, they call it a plant, right? Or, or like a factory. But think of it as like, you know, like Suzhou Industrial Park. You know how they had like huge industrial areas? Something like that. It's huge. It's like... Basically, uh, somebody said uh, how big it was. I, I don't remember. Like exactly, a gigantic but... business park. Yeah. So basically, uh, if they wanted to surround, uh, surround it or make it airtight, which, uh, which is what uh, Putin ordered, if they were to do that, they, they would have to use pretty much all of their troops. So it's okay. Impossible. So size wise, just because you and I know what we're talking about, but um, it, it's Suzhou Industrial Park. But size wise, it's like. I think the size of like uh, Disney World, including all of the areas, or maybe like Disneyland, Disney World, way bigger, way bigger. (laughs) Yeah. Or the city of San Francisco, roughly like not not Oakland and all that, but like the city itself. It's a pretty big area. Right. Well, at any rate, it's it's huge. Right. And so uh, Putin said, do not uh, bomb it. Or, or some because he he basically knows it, it doesn't make any sense because most people are underground and they have a special uh, system uh, underground system so there's no way they're getting them like I, I've heard some uh, military experts he said you know th- th- essentially just by bombing them you cannot get them. you can easily use chemical weapons to get them out that that would be easy but. Uh, you know, the, so these are the, their Mariupol is a city in the south of um, Ukraine, and yeah. it's been it has been in our news as this last group of they've been Russia has been trying to take it over for like the entire war. And there's yeah. this last group of special forces or military Ukrainian military who are still holding out there and say they'll fight to the death. And they're in a factory, but they're hiding out underground in this factory with a bunch of children and families and bystanders and Russia's just been focused and focused and focused for a month to try to get these last group of people so you're saying now Russia's pulled off of that and they say they're just going to let those forget about them and move on no they said they were going to in in fact uh, after that uh, the, the ship thing uh, when that happened right uh, Putin said do not do it uh, you know focus on uh, Donbass 
right? But in, uh, right after we said that, they started bombing it even heavier. This is why I hate Russia, honestly, because they do it every fucking time, you know? They do, they say, and they blatantly, this is the kind of person, you know, you know the, uh, these people in your life that just stare in your fucking face and lie to your face, and you're like, I know that you're lying, and mm. they don't care. And that's Russia in a nutshell, dude. They do it over and over again. It's like you like cannot Carlos Mencia. Not to Cook. Probably. That man tells you the truth to your face. Honestly, now that I'm thinking, you know, he's even worse. Uh, I can't even think of a bad comedian like that, you know? Who will steal jokes and then tell you to your face he's not stealing your joke. There's a couple in Shanghai, but there's one in Shanghai you can think of, but we'll, we'll move on. Uh, starts with a B. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, so this, so they're saying they're not going to bomb and then they bomb what, uh, okay. So that was, so that wasn't then did Ukrainian people when they sunk, when this ship sunk, the Russian ship, was that seen as a win amongst the Ukraine, like just the average person or did, did the Ukrainian people also say like, well, we didn't have anything to do with that. Oh, no, no. Ukrainian people, they essentially, they're determined to win and uh, they're counting uh, Russian losses like I'm counting uh, YouTube views on my videos, you know? That's what I mean. So they must have been pretty happy about it. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't, yeah, essentially just the more the, more the merrier, you know, a ship, okay. great, you know? Uh, I mean, we get really super happy when we uh, hit a plane. Every plane is like a party because uh, <laughs> those planes uh, drop. You know, basically, the better our air defense is uh, the happier we are uh, and uh, that's why like uh, we're uh, you know last time we talked uh, we weren't expecting all the like serious uh, weapons coming in but now we're getting uh, you know more like uh, heavier defense uh, weapons and everything not just uh, like javelins and uh, drones and stuff yeah, like now we're getting anti-aircraft and like artillery and stuff. And so uh, I think uh, things are turning around already. Like Donbass, uh, Russia is not reaching any of their tactical goals. And they're just losing uh, people and losing the machinery. Wait, so we know that Russia's know. given up on, uh, for the time being, on Kiev. But you're saying they're now they're focusing everything on Donbass, which is in the yeah. um, southeast of the country, yeah. along the border with Russia. It's the region that they've said Russia has said they've owned for a long time because there's a lot of ethnically Russian people or whatever it might be, Russian speaking people who live there. Um, but you're saying they're even losing that now. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're barely moving uh, in that direction. Uh, heavy casualties. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's uh from what I understand, there, there's heavy fire and uh, there's some successes. But, uh, of course, uh, you know, Ukrainian forces are uh, right. doing their job. And yeah, I want to get into more of uh, that. I want to find out what's next and and also how your family's doing. But uh, before that, Kaplan, we got to take a break and talk about yeah. the World's Smartest Podcast Network, which we are part of. It's us. Lost in America. It is the political orphanage with Andrew Heaton, Professor Andrew Heaton. It is uh, Dr. Andrea Jones Roy and the Majoring in Everything podcast. It's all of us. Go to World Smartest Podcast Network dot com to find out about all their shows subscribe to the, all their shows on whatever uh, podcast podcast platform you use and now Kaplan a word from our local sponsor 
All right, we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so Misha, how has life been for you over the last few weeks? We have had a lot of people asking when you're kind of going to yeah. come back on. Everybody's wanting an update. Every time there's some surge, there hasn't been in a few weeks, but every some surge or bombing in Kiev, everyone then checks in with us and asks if you're okay, and we tell them you are. But how's it been just day-to-day for you? I mean, honestly, I'm I'm enjoying life, you know. Uh, in, enjoying in, life, <laughs> the classic Misha answer. Yeah, but this is his uh, your senses are heightened, dude. Like everything that happens <laughs> has more significance. Misha was built for war. Yeah, he's like those people who enjoyed the early lockdown. You're like this like, is like, like the end of Deer room. Hunter. He's still in Nam. He's got a got Russian roulette. Russian roulette. But. I take it uh, seriously. And uh, honestly, like if before I was just uh, telling my son, you know, you got to learn English and everything. Now, in all seriousness, I'm going to be able to like this is my plan or a short term plan. Me, my son and everybody I know are all going to be proficient in guns and uh, all of that shit. You know, yeah. I'm not joking. This is you just have a gun. Gonna... Did you get one since we last spoke? I mean, when things get back to normal and I can just, this is going to be a weekend thing. Like I already do boxing like three times a week. I, I told you all that stuff, right? Now it's just a matter of going, you know, three times a week boxing then add, you know, twice a week uh, target practice and do that for five years for the rest of my life, dude. That's it. This is my idea. Now. Wait, I have an uh, idea. My ahead. uncle, Uncle Keith. Oh boy lives in Carlsbad, New Mexico. He is a champion uh, shooter, rifle shooter. Well, no, not rifle. What, what are the, I guess, shotgun, probably. Um, skeet shooter? What's that? Skeet shooter? Yeah. Skeet. Yeah, he shoots it? skeet. Oh. Yeah, they shoot him in the, they throw it, they like, you know, they shoot the oh, little yeah. clay pigeon thing in the air. He shoots it out of the sky. He regularly gets 99, 98 out of 100 in these competitions. We should fly him over there and he should teach you and all your friends how to shoot. He could take up a whole militia infantry. He could this be a leader. Great. Cookies <laughs> crew. I mean, everybody I know is doing it already. So it's just a matter of uh, I did it in Arkansas all the time. That's what I was going to say, you used to Can he do Arkansas. it on Zoom? Can he just do it, teach a class online right now? It might be get Uncle Keith. <laughs> we'll get him I've, over there. I can't aim a gun either. So let me join the class. Yeah, can. Cap can fly over. <laughs> I can't even see yeah, it. But yeah. Yeah, so so I, I think it's smart. Honestly, if your country's getting attacked, you need to learn how to fight back, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to have to learn from Israel. Uh, it's happening in Israel. Uh, why not here? So, so that's one. And then two, I mean, I'm glad you know me for a while, right? I mean, uh, when I was uh, the only Belarusian most people knew in Suzhou, right? Yeah. You know, all these kind of conversations like, where are you from, Belarus? Oh, Russia, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Not anymore. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, the, the, 10 years ago, maybe those conversations were still happening. Uh, 10 years from, uh, from now, probably won't happen again, you know? Yeah. And it's going to be very different, right? And so, uh, essentially, we're going back to the... Uh, 
there was such a thing as Kiev and Rus, right? So uh, there was a country called Rus, right? The, where the R- R- Russia, the Rus from Russia comes from, that's not theirs. They stole it just like everything else, you know? That came from Kiev. And it's a, you know, a country that's twice as old as uh, Moscovia, you know? And now we finally kind of have this historical uh, poetic justice in a, in a way, you know? We're going back to the roots. And now Moscovia remains Moscovia, you know? They have no... Uh, rights uh, for the this initial kingdom of uh, Kiev and Rus, you know, that is based on the idea of uh, freedom. And that's what we're building now, a new version of it, where everything is built, uh, built on the idea of personal freedom. Uh, and uh, the whatever, the horde, the, the Moscovia and all that, that's, you know. Uh, it yeah, seems like it's really a, backfired on Putin then because like he's he wanted to create a greater Russia, but he's got people who maybe didn't care as much. Yeah, if you're Ukrainian before, if someone thought you were Russian, you were okay with it. And now you're never gonna be okay with it again, like you just said, like that. There's much more well, national pride. In, yeah. Well, exactly. But but even to us, uh, when we uh, said Ruski, you know, not it never sounded like Russian. It just uh, kind of goes back to that Rus. You know, it's like calling somebody Slavic, you know? Mm. So when you call somebody Slavic, okay, you have some kind of uh, common background and everything. So essentially, Kiev is going to be the capital of the Slavic world again. And uh, Russia no longer has the right to claim that world, you know? Well, especially now that Putin's played his cards and everyone can now see his military's a joke. Mm. I mean, frankly, exactly. like if he can't take Ukraine, what's he going to do? How? Why are we scared of him? Why would the U.S. be scared of him? You know, I mean, I yeah. get that he has a nuke, but can it even will it well, even go well, 10 nuke- feet or will it just explode in his own backyard? And then still don't want to well, fly exactly. out for the record. But yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't, why no, why actually, are we all running around scared of Putin? Yeah. And uh, you know what I uh, what else I learned from one of the uh, political uh, whatever the Basically, one of the endless uh, podcasts that I listen uh, to on the subject. But one of the cool things that the guy said, uh, you know, all the satellites are watching all the spots where they think or where where they know the nuclear weapons are. So once they have any movement there, they're just going to strike that spot right there. And it's just going to be some, you know, like a small uh, explosion. And it's going to do some damage to Russia, but it's definitely not going to be as big of an impact globally. So... You know, that's another. I mean, I saw a, um, a, a a satellite shot the other day. So Google Maps now has and everyone can do this at home. They've increased their um, uh, the what is it? The, the depth granularity. Yeah. Yeah. That you can see into places. And with the new with like the increased level, you can now go deep into you can look like right on to the Russian airfields. And half of them are made at the half. The planes are made out of styrofoam. And they're just there because in the previous like satellite images, you couldn't tell. But now that you can, you can see their styrofoam and some of them are blown up. They're like literally like like a bounce house, like the same material. It's like a blow up airplane. Kaplan, uh, I know you got to leave in a couple of minutes. Do you have a couple of questions? I've been hogging this thing before you go. Um, oh, I didn't mean to cut you out. I, no, I have a few minutes. I can stay for like 10 minutes. So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll run out of here. Yeah. So no, no, that's all right. No, that's that's it. That's what you were saying. So you're saying they have fake. They don't even have. Like their air force is smaller than they than we think. Half the planes, <laughs> like the, the the styrofoam is broken apart, and so you can see like a styrofoam wing like laying on the ground next to a plane that just doesn't have a wing, which is clearly well, also. Well, they styrofoam. could be intentional, you know, because they. Uh, that's what, as far as I know, Ukraine did that too, because. Uh, 
in on the first sort of first few minutes of the war, uh, lots of uh, places were hit in Ukraine and a lot of them were just kind of like uh, fake places, you know, so they, they were. Oh, so they, they didn't really do any damage. So there's a lot of things that, that go in there. Right. And it's like a huge intelligence war. Right. Because that's what you want to think that this is your air uh, field. Right. So they uh, it gets hit. But uh, most of those <laughs> airplanes are fake. So yeah. uh, that could be it. Uh, just just to give them some benefit of the doubt. Right. But having said that, uh, by the you know videos that we see here, you know, most of their machinery is in bad shape. It's old. It's two generations behind of what uh, Ukraine uh, is getting now or what NATO is uh, using. So now that the U.S. has come and, and Blinken was there and it seems like we're the U.S. is now heavily committed to this war and the U.S. government has now said that, I, I believe it was in the papers today, I don't know if it was Biden or Blinken, but one of them said that Ukraine will last longer than Putin which is a clear quote saying that Putin might be out of power sometime soon, you know, and we're getting more golden. Yeah. People are supporting them with weapons more than, but I feel like people are, other countries are coming forward with more and more weapons. So what is the goal now? I mean, the previous goal was just to defend the country and keep Russia out. Is the, is now it regime change? Is it now like, Hey, we not only want to, we want to defend our country, but we want to get rid of Putin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, there's no other way. If we freeze, the worst thing that can happen right now is some half-assed peace treaty. Yeah, that would be the worst for Belarus, for Ukraine, and for the evolved Russia, for the normal Russia. If there is such a thing, I don't know. Uh, what needs to happen is the uh, you know basically the '90s all over again. You know, uh, the fall of the Soviet Union, Total but this time the, the big thing. Yeah, but this time we need to repent of the evils of the regime like Germany did at the end of the war, right? Mm -hmm. See, Soviet Union never did that. Uh, The Soviets judged uh, Germany and they, you know, they were in Nuremberg, they were saying, okay, this guy is guilty, but who was judging them? Uh, the same uh, executioners, right? Uh, the execution of one flavor, we're judging the executioners right. of another flavor, which should not happen, right? And that's what, what needs to happen this time. So we avoid similar things in the future, right? They need to uh, absolve themselves of this uh, filth that is the Putinist regime that's going to go in, down in history just as fascist or whatever. It's just going to be one of those Stalinist, Putinist, yeah, it already sounds, you know, like Stalinist, Putinist, fascist. It sounds just like, boom, that's it. It already sounds good. It sounds good. Putinist. Yeah. I like that. You made up a word. But we talked about this earlier about how the Russia, uh, one of our podcasts about how Russia fights better in the, in the snow. They were, they were going to start this war in the winter, we, we heard. And they were, but now we're getting into April. What's the weather? Because I was just reading that someone said the Russians can't fight in the rain. Apparently, Russia, the Russian Russian troops are really bad in the rain. So as it gets warmer, do we think like Russia will just put a pause, or are they just gonna? Is that just a big advantage? Or yeah. what's the weather like right now in Ukraine? I want to. Yeah, it's, it's finally getting warm, and you're totally right. But uh, basically, it's a myth that they could ever uh, fight better in the snow. But right. yeah, that home field advantage was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, now there is no advantage, and even uh, when they uh, started. 
uh, end of February. That was the bad, uh, it was bad time then. You know, when they say in the snow, so basically you have to do it in January when you have a couple of months of solid winter, yeah, not at the ground. end of winter, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think the Olympics screwed up his timing, but... Um... <laughs> Well, many things screwed up uh, the timing. That's China true. made him wait, right? China made him wait, and Putin, yeah, he should have gone with his instincts. Got to fight in the, got to fight dirty, got to fight cold. <laughs> so, if the goal is to regime change, uh, then can can Ukraine do that on their own, or do you, does it need U.S. like is now I mean, the U.S. You know what I mean? Do we need I mean, do Putin we need needs US to help? die, doesn't he? That's what well, I mean. yeah, but yeah. first uh, it has to uh, military defeat has to happen first. Yeah. But then we don't know what's going to happen, uh, which way exactly it's going to go. Is somebody going to, is it going to be a hit from uh, the inside or will they have, to, we might have to wait for a few years for uh, the Russian population to, uh, you know, age rise up. Yeah. To decline uh, sort of uh, kind of uh, how it happened in the Soviet Union, right? Uh, it took a while for the shelves in the stores to just become perpetually empty on, on any given day. Yep. You know, not just a couple of crises or whatever, like, oh, uh, we have but to with go all these go. sanctions. I mean, it could happen sooner rather than later. Right. Yeah, a few months right. from now, for starters, it's going to yeah. get bad. I mean, right. how's uh, how's your family doing, Misha? Uh, so yeah. in, they're in Poland, we should say for everyone, who, people who haven't listened before, they left kind of right as this war started and got to Poland. You decided to stay in Ukraine. Yeah, they, start, they left way before, actually. Oh, know? OK. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they left before they thought, uh, before the 15th, which was the first estimated uh, date. Uh, that, uh, have they been the staying US... in the same place the whole time in Poland? Are they able to stay? No, no they moved around. I'm just around. not uh, yeah. familiar with Poland that much. But they, yeah, they finally settled in a the, in the place in uh, Wrocław, uh, Poland. And now, yeah, they're temporarily... Uh, but uh, as I said before, their uh, final goal was always going to be Germany. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was actually part of their natural. Ah, okay. So they're kind of on the way to Germany. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you yeah. envision staying. Uh, I mean, I envision living in the world where I can be with my son like this. You know what I mean? I just get on the plane and like 50 minutes and I'm in Berlin or whatever the fuck. You know what yep. I mean? Like, that's how I want to live. That's how I used to live before COVID and all that shit. I want to go back to those. Is it so much to ask? Can I just live a normal life, yeah, you know, man, and not be a refugee every time I want to go there? I don't want to travel 72 hours in the fucking train car filled with the uh, old ladies and uh, screaming babies. No. <laughs> <laughs> screaming babies. What's wrong with you? Yeah. So, well, are you, are you able to do like, do you think comedy? Some like, dude pulls we, up a guitar, starts playing some. <laughs> no. no. You're done Is with that. Is that what refugees do? They play guitar? The refugees play yeah, guitars. They, they, you got to beg. It's a good way yeah, to make some money the, though. The guitar player is like, the American, like a uh, non-denominational Christian guy who's over there, his, his church paid for him to go like raise your spirits. Yeah. And so he's brought an acoustic guitar on the train and you're just like, shut up, dude. I'm just trying to get hey. to my next town. But even worse, though, Hillsong is huge here, you know, so they start uh, lots of like religious songs and everything like Hillsong songs and lots of like these like traditional Ukrainian songs. I mean, I love Ukraine, but. Please spare me, you know? Yeah. The war is enough. I am one. I am the dude with guitar. That's why, you know, I hate other dudes with guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So we'll get you on some planes. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's your move. Like civilized move. Yeah. It's our guy. Yeah. Are you? Um. I saw. We saw online there were some comedy shows in some bunkers around the country. Have you seen any of those in Kiev yet? Have you been a part of it? Yeah. Yet? Yeah. We've we've been uh, doing it. I'm doing it with a couple of people. We're probably gonna start doing it in English. So yeah, we're slowly getting back into it. But you can't really charge people and keep the money. You know. So right. most of the money that we make now, we just <laughs> give uh, give to the military. You say but, that going in, I guess you tell people where it's for charity and then you got well, to honor I think it. At some point we'll just uh, switch the model to p- part of the donations go to charity. <laughs> yeah. You right. got to do at least give it 50, 50 or something. Should we be saying yeah. our Patreon is going to Ukraine? Would we have more subscribers that way? Maybe we should do that. Maybe, but I don't, it doesn't matter because we, we don't have enough money to make a difference. Well, we, we don't, I have a saying, but who's checking? You know, who's going to check? Dude, no. <laughs> listen, I think now they have the land lease or whatever, uh, you know, from, uh, is that what they call it in English too? Because in Russian, we say land lease, but they might call it by something else, which is basically just an extended, uh, it's not what it sounds like, right? But it's the, what they did in World War II, where they gave uh, essentially just uh, limitless, Credit or Credit, whatever, like they, bonds to pay for yeah, it. Or yeah, something. yeah. Oh, uh, war right. bonds, where you can war. buy war bonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that what they have in Ukraine? Yeah, I, that's what's going on right now. There should be a, a green on this as we speak, or just... maybe uh, I will buy instead of buying. I'm going to a bar mitzvah soon, and people are like, you mentioned Israel. We're always buying kids bonds to Israel, but maybe I'll buy a bond to the Ukraine instead to support. That's <laughs> better. Still, yeah, for it's more. What's that? What I was saying, uh, the military is fine. You know, that oh. we should start the, you know, redirecting funds to Misha, oh. for instance. Oh, yeah, Misha. Bond to Misha. All right, I'm going to give this kid a bond to Misha. <laughs> <laughs> Does it appreciate? <laughs> it's, it's a bit, it has to, right? It, I don't know how it works. Actually, how do bonds? bonds I don't know anything about. I don't bonds. know, but they're going to get like whatever five hundred dollars. They're going to get it eventually, but you don't pay. It's much better than it's buying. Like, like, please stop offsetting my carbon emissions. You know. <laughs> I've gotten yeah. those gifts before. Oh, here's a hundred dollars and Joe Schaefer. It offsets your carbon emission. Or like we're planting a tree for you in the rainforest. Like who can They got enough trees in the rainforest. <laughs> Actually, hey, you know how I'm gonna explain the bonds to my son and be like, "Hey, it's like an NFT, but <laughs> but eventually you're gonna get money." Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna buy you an NFT. Let's make an NFT for Misha. No. So what about but, for you? You said your assets are frozen. How are you getting money? Uh, well, I had my Chinese card from back in the day. And nice. So that was going on. But now I'm having problems with that too, which I don't know why, but it hasn't been working for the last four days. So I might have listen, an idea. The whole, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the whole city is like a, uh, like it's like a Christian camp. You know, if you don't have a place to stay, you can just uh, come up to like a guy with a rifle and be like, hey, do you guys have a place to stay? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. It's like Woodstock. Wait, that's what yeah. Christian camps are like? <laughs> they take you in. They take you in with a rifle and say, yeah, come get in. The in the south. Okay, okay. In the stay south. In the south. <laughs> you can stay for you say, free. You just got to say a prayer about Jesus. Yeah, or, or definitely, dude, if you're hungry, there's no fucking way you can go hungry. You know, you just go out into the street and be like, guys, I'm hungry. And people are like, oh, dude. Oh, that's great. Your food. Yeah, yeah. So there's not much uh, to buy. Uh, there, you know, people are not uh, hassling you for rent money or anything. Like you don't have to pay rent. Uh, yeah. So 
it's kind of easy, man. Like uh, the weed, even the weed guy has been giving me weed for free. You oh, know? good. I was going to ask. Everyone's been asking about that. Is Misha still getting his marijuana? <laughs> so you are. Well, so somehow, even in a war-torn country, they're still somehow getting supplies in. Yeah, they grow it, man. Dude, I'm telling you, Ukraine is essentially, it's, it's going to be the best European country in the nearest future. I guarantee it. It could happen. I mean, uh, so Zelensky is now like a global leader, which what you can't say that about any other Eastern European president. Like we don't know the names. The whole the whole world knows Zelensky. So he he now has bargaining power. If he goes to the U.N., if he wants to call Biden, it's like direct line. You could call him 24 whenever he wants. I've got to run, Misha. So I'm just starting to interrupt. Kaplan's got to take off. We got a little bit of a late start, which is my fault. So Kaplan's got to go. I can't wait to listen to the rest. Be safe. We will will continue this. So, yeah, Zelensky does have a seat at the table of global leaders. And I could see that could be a giant benefit to Ukraine going forward. No, I would change. Basically, it's inevitable. That's how I view it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, so it's just the degree of how awesome it's going to be. That mm-hmm. that might vary, but uh, we've seen it before, you know. Uh, we've seen how countries, after the war, most countries uh, hit a boom, right? Uh, like baby sure. boom, whatever uh, infrastructure is going to get rebuilt and we're going to use all the best materials, uh, best technologies and everything. I hope to God the corruption schemes that were happening uh, before the war are are not going to happen after the war because I think people have changed too. You know, even the pro-Russian guys, it just kind of changes you, you know? Well, you live so, for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying that uh, war just kind of makes things black and white, right? Because you live for a while and you're like, hey, everybody's doing it. I'm going to do it too. It's like everybody's stealing. Who's is it really? You know, what is this like? Hey, right. And here it's like, oh, no, 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 no. The, your, yeah, the, you know, the motherland and everything, right? You, you really feel it. It's like, oh, this is my country, you know? It's a uh, unified, it's a unified country more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter now uh, what language you speak. Uh, basically, if you say that you hate Putin, people love you and you're, that unites people. And uh, I've seen it in Belarus. Uh, essentially, same thing happened uh, in Belarus. We, we, were, we were all united behind uh, hating Lukashenko and the needing change. What's going to happen after Lukashenko? We, we will start fighting and uh, amongst ourselves. Uh, and that's what Ukraine uh, does when they're not fighting the Outside enemy, they fight uh, among themselves, which is great. That's how you evolve. That's how a democracy becomes. That's what America did. You know, I mean, look uh, how many presidents you've had to kind of get it right, more or less. You know, how many we had a civil war as well. Right. Exactly. So you had like 40, whatever plus, right, different iterations. That And uh, every time you have some bumps or some cool things that are happening, that's basically what uh, Ukraine had to do. You know, they had six presidents while Belarus, uh, in the same time that Belarus had only one, Yeah. right? And we used to uh, look at them and say, oh, look at them. Uh, they've changed their president six times and they still haven't achieved anything. Oh, yes, they did. It just wasn't apparent, but now it's apparent. 
And I think that's when you do the right thing, it's not apparent immediately, mm -hmm. but uh, at some point it reveals itself and you're like, oh, wow, that that's how it was. All, all yeah, I mean, dictatorships are um, great because they can, you can do stuff really fast and go in one direction, but they're great as long as you're going in the right direction. And well, it never, never you never, it's inevitable that at some point you're going to go in the wrong direction. Yeah. And, then and we can link, yeah. And I hate when people uh, take Singapore, uh, which is, no. is, which is the size of SIP. If you remember, right. The it's very, Industrial Singapore Park, is a city right? state. It yeah. also I actually it's studied tiny, this in tiny college. It's tiny. Right? It also had a great port. Like it was right. strategically located to make money. Yeah. So you cannot uh, govern Russia by the same rules as you did uh, Singapore, right? Or Lee Kuan Yew actually, or at least be like Lee Kuan Yew, you know, and put your family in jail for corruption, right? Uh, but uh, in all the other cases, uh, authoritarian uh, rulers became dictators and then they became tyrants. And if you know immediately that it's it's a flawed way and it's never going to work. Why fool yourself? That's what I see a lot of my friends did. You know, they live for 10 years and they go like, oh, yeah, he's a tyrant. But hey, we've been living with him for 10 years. And they start justifying it like, well, I guess we need a ruler. Like, I guess the Russian people are just a special nation. We well, need a czar. And what what these tyrants do a lot of times is they pump in negative news stories from other countries that are democratic. So they go, exactly. see, if you were in New York, you'd be getting shot right now. Everybody's dying. Everyone's getting shot. You see, that's what a democracy does. You all die. So yeah. good thing we don't that's have one. one. Yeah, and that's they, one. Uh, the, the other one, they paid off all the politicians, right? Uh, look at uh, yeah. uh, Schroeder, right? Gerhard Schroeder. Uh, look at uh, Marie Le Pen. Um, I mean, so Wait, what uh, do you mean? Le, how Le Pen is uh, connected to what do you mean? Paid off. Putin. She accepted money from him. Oh, I didn't follow that. So Marie Le Pen just lost in France. She was running for president of France. She lost. Yeah. But she, yeah. so she was being she was being supported by Putin. Yeah, but uh, so she was closely tied with him, uh, you know, after the, the 2014 invasion. But of mm. course, she tried to sever all the ties, uh, you know, with this uh, as of uh, February of this year. Right. But uh, prior to that, she was pretty much tied to Putin, much like Trump was, you know, in this sort of like, oh, I like Vladimir Putin and everything. Like he seemed to be quite fond of him, too. Right. Yeah, they were buddies. And that probably because he got paid off by Putin as well. Right. In one way or another. And uh, that's basically what Putin or helped, did. even if it wasn't money. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that the Putin, oh, yeah. Uh, it, troll it farm was supporting Trump, whether Trump had anything to do with it or not. We don't know. But just sticking to the facts, for sure, they were supporting him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be uh, money. And he likes anyone who likes him. Yeah, yeah, it could be uh, other ways. But, the, the, you know, that's the thing. Uh, a lot of uh, world elites were kind of uh, using Putin, you know, and he was. Uh, generous because it wasn't his money you know he treats his the country's money as his own pocket you know so he just throws billions around and he doesn't care like uh the fsb the kgb guys uh, when they get even their like sort of 
not even a, a general, but just like a mid-level guy. He, they seem to have just in their apartments, just like billions of dollars, you know, yeah. or like billions of rubles. And you're like, whoa, that's crazy. You know, where do they get these kind of numbers? But that's what happens. Did, um, did anything come out of this, this uh, U.S. Secretary of State visit, which happened a couple of days ago as we record this, that you guys have heard about over there that maybe we don't know? I mean, you wouldn't know what we know and we don't know, but all we know is they met and they said, they supposedly said they were there to celebrate Easter, but clearly they were there to um, with formal, give formal support. Yeah, I think uh, the conclusion is essentially that the goal is not for uh, Ukraine not to lose, but for Ukraine to win. And so Russia has to be defeated. Yeah, uh, I okay. think that's, yeah. And uh, to uh, achieve that goal, uh, Ukraine is just is going to get everything. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of the weapons, anything they need. Because uh, this war is going to, it might take, uh, you know, five years or 10 years. So we might have to have a defense system like they have in Israel. So there's no, uh, basically, Ukraine has to uh, create a zero fly zone over Ukraine instead of NATO. That's one. And then uh, artillery and all the other, uh, basically, we cannot have another situation. Uh, We, yeah, Russia cannot just regroup. You know, because uh, if you give them enough time, if you give them five years, they're going to have like, uh, uh, they will regroup, mobilize more troops. Uh, yeah. And hey, hey, you know, get some, uh, I don't know, some, <laughs> go to North Korea as they already did, you know, get some weapons from North Korea sure. and start shooting. So we basically have to eliminate that option. It's a, yeah. And it, so, so strike now, like get them while they're weak. Go, go right on the counterattack. And yeah, it's a it's giant. Beautiful. So what this happened a couple of days ago, I mean, it is in our, it is in our news. It, I don't watch a 24 hour news. I don't really watch CNN or MSNBC or Fox news. So I don't know what they're reporting, but I, if you read like the papers, it is in the papers that we were there and it was a big story. I don't know how much of America is talking about it. Cause caps, right. They are talking about whatever Elon Musk, but I think it's the most important government meeting we've had in a decade, two decades, because it's a stark, it's signifying a stark shift in how the United States is um, dealing with the world. So most recently, we, 2014, Russia invaded uh, Ukraine. We did nothing, right? And then in 2020 or 2021, sorry, last year, United States, a hundred percent, and this is Joe Biden, a hundred percent pulled out of Afghanistan, and that was a disaster. And then, um, in uh, with Lukashenko, we did nothing. That was last year as well, right? We didn't, we didn't come in, and where I think in years past, maybe 20, 30 years ago, we might have sent in special forces or somebody to support the opposition to Lukashenko in Belarus, but so it, it. This logically, if I'm Putin, this did logically seem like the time to invade because what the U.S. signals were pointing out is that we were no longer going to be defending countries on a world stage. We're pulling back open season for any dictator to go take over whatever country you want. And this meeting two days ago just said the, it was, just was the U.S. saying, no, 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 we're back in now. We're back well, in Right. Yeah. And here's why, because 
they didn't want to interfere because they were afraid if they take out Lukashenko or Putin. Those are evil, but they're stable, right? If you take yes. them out, uh, you might get somebody who's unstable. And you would not want nuclear uh, weapons in the hands of a madman, right? Yes. Uh, uh, but Putin is the fucking madman. So there you go. That's not even the... You're so right. And we have the... Uh, I think what's it's saving... you. Ukraine again, going back to it, is that they already have Zelensky. He's not leaving. He's not going anywhere. And he's proven to the U.S. that he's a trustable, a guy they can trust. Exactly. And we didn't know that two months ago. Yeah. He was a TV guy. He was some guy from TV who like yeah. knows what his. And listen, I'm writing a bit about that because when I lived in Lviv just a couple of years ago uh, and he was running in uh, 2019, you know how they say, uh, basically, there's a running joke uh, in Ukraine. Lviv is the most Ukrainian uh, city in a sense that everybody speaks Ukrainian. And uh, the rumor is that if you speak Russian, you get your ass kicked, which is not true. I lived there for two years. I spoke Russian all the time. So I yeah. want to kind of make a joke that, uh, you know, they say that you get your uh, ass kicked by speaking Russian. Now, uh, that never happened to me. The only time I almost got uh, my ass kicked uh, is when I said in Lviv that I supported Zelensky in 2019. You know, it's an inside thing. Because they uh, thought he was stupid. Of course. And even uh, yeah. I visited Lviv right before the war. I was remember I told you I was there like around the uh, February 11th uh, to uh, 15th or so. Right. And I met with my uh, friends that I uh, I was hanging out with and they were still uh, uh, saying how Zelensky is bullshit and Poroshenko was so much better. Uh, and uh, two weeks later, they were posting like Zelensky and like carts and everything, just a complete 180. He's, I mean, he's like uh, George Washington now. Yeah, like, and I'm not saying that you just kind of everybody has felt that even people I always liked him, you know, so I've always had this favorable view of him, you know, uh, but now I view him as more of a badass, you know, yeah. if I kind of liked him as a, all right, he's a kind of a goofy dude, but whatever, you know, he's cool. But now he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. You know, you yeah. surprised me, you know? So great. Um, well, I think uh, that's it. What about, so this is the last question. I don't mean to end on a bummer, but um, so Buka, we, the world saw a few weeks ago when Russia pulled out that there was just like mass casualties, mass graves. And we had heard that there were probably, and this is a, was a suburb of Kiev and that Russia was in control of for a few weeks. And they basically just killed everybody. And we heard that there would be more of these stories coming out when when Russia continued the pullback of the military. What, but then we didn't hear if there were more. Was there other places like this? Well, uh, that place, Bucha, is uh, the, the way it's unique is because that's a place that was under Russian control and now they're gone, right? Yes. We don't have uh, places in this situation yet or uh, big places. Got that's it. that's essentially once we take Mariupol back, we and we look at the results. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Then yes. then we can assess. But if you can uh, compare, Bucha is a tiny tiny suburb, and we're talking about Mariupol. And if uh, in Bucha we're talking about thousands of uh, victims, then in Mariupol, I'm afraid it's going to be tens of thousands. Yeah, there's and, more. Uh, yeah, it's and uh, the only thing I can say here's. Uh, you know, main points uh, there is just a general level of humanity, right? And part of it is uh, all those guys come from uh, sort of 
disadvantaged homes and regions. A, a lot of them come from like the, the Far East. Basically, they're not coming from like the uh, Moscow uh, suburbs or anything. And they're not like children of uh, St. Petersburg intelligentsia or anything. Uh, so that's one. Uh, another thing is that uh, they were getting their ass kicked. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure that they did not uh, expect. So they're just going all out. Plus, we don't know what kind of like drugs they're using there and everything. Uh, on top of that, uh uh, oh yeah, a very very big thing. The last one, and but, but the huge thing is they, they've uh, they're not looking at Ukrainians as humans. You mm. see, the, the propaganda taught them to view them as fascists, which is insane, man. We look identical, dude. We speak the same language, essentially. It's it's tough, man. I, it's it's really it's it's yeah. really really crazy. And I've encountered uh, it just. It shuts off, you know, you tell people it, it, it happened to me when I lived in Lviv. So way before the war uh, or I mean, sorry to rephrase that it was the, the war uh, started in uh, 2014. Right. B uh, but uh, when I was in Lviv in 2019, uh, you know, and uh, I would go back to Belarus and I would joke around, uh, you know, on, on this sort of I don't even know how to explain it to you man but i would just mention some cultural uh, ukrainian things to people and it would trigger some of them you know they'd be like oh don't don't talk to me about this like ukrainian bullshit you know and you're like These yeah it's be like Russians? that yeah or yeah even belarusians have this uh, it's yeah. this yeah it's this condescension on uh, it's because the, over the last eight years, all they heard from the telly, from the from the media, right, is that they're fascists, they sacrifice babies, they eat children, like Jeez. that kind of stuff. Essentially, everything that uh, German propaganda used, but only way better. They are using all the algorithms and, you know. Yeah, they have social media at their, at their disposal, yeah. Facebook and everything. Crazy. Yeah. Um, Misha, thanks so much, man. Thanks for doing it. As always, glad to see you healthy, alive. You, and uh, I'm glad that Kiev is back in the hands of, he's uh, uh, back, uh, everyone feels safe to go back outside and do stuff again. Thank you, Turner. Yes, we'll talk to you soon, man. That is it uh, for the show. Kaplan's not here, so I got to say, get lost, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Misha. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.